Welcome back, Chelsea fans, to another episode of the Romans Empire podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about everyone else. Man, three points. What a foreign feeling, huh, guys? I I, I feel like I feel like we haven't felt this uh, the joy of winning in quite some time. So I mean, I guess before we get into it, um, I'm gonna introduce Andres first this week. No, um, come on. Yeah, you <laughs> first. Why are you Why are you mixing things out. up now? No, I'm, mix, uh, I'm mixing I it up like because this. I have to shout him out for that okay. whole uh, for what he did during the week this week. Andres. Okay, that's fair. He made an appearance on live national television, didn't you? <laughs> on if you have Peacock, that is. Yeah, yeah, but it still counts. Doesn't it counts, it? right? Yeah, yeah. So you're gonna mention yeah. what it was, Andreas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we <laughs> so humble. The the Premier League weekend warm up show reached out to us, and I was luckily luckily the one that was available for it. They uh, wanted to speak about Frank's firing, Tuchel's arrival, and the Wolves match specifically. Uh, it was available on Peacock, like I said, live. If you watched it, thank you for the support. If you didn't. Please DM us. I do have a link that you guys can watch the episode on if you're interested. Uh, I think I got a couple of tough questions. I think the the panel per se were were very much against the firing of Frank Lampard, which I can respect. But I didn't have much wiggle room to give my full opinion. But for that, that's where you come back for the podcast. So, uh. yeah, again, DM us if you want to watch that. But remember, our full opinions will always be here on air. And it shows the stark contrast between us and the talking heads on TV, to be honest. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, yeah. uh, that's that's Sam, by the way. Sam. Oh, right. yeah. What's up, guys? <laughs> I mean, it feels so good to be up uh, three points. Uh, it was so refreshing. Like, again, I said, I said this, I used this exact same word last week, refreshing. And it's just watching the game it just gives me so much pleasure to see everyone in sync knowing exactly what to do um and we'll we're going to get more into the specifics but um it was just it was amazing oh and also congratulations andres that's pretty cool how you were on tv but oh, uh, most importantly they they name dropped us on that on the thing they so, did. Yeah, so they did. the podcast so if uh, anyone's here from that which I doubt, um, but <laughs> I'm just but kidding. I'm sure are, Andreas let represented us. Know. Let us know over Twitter. Yeah, I'm interested. Andreas, I'm sure you rep- represented us spectacularly. I I, ha- I didn't watch it. I'm, I feel like a really bad co-host. But <laughs> <laughs> when you sent it, I, I, I was busy, and then I forgot to watch it later. And I forgot about it all until now, but I'm going to go watch it. I'm going to go watch father, it after we're done. Six minutes of airtime, which I thought was pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, that's you six were, more minutes than I've ever gotten. You were on for a bit. Actually, that's not true. I was on a game show once uh, with one of my friends for uh, it was like a very small game show on this random channel, and I ended up winning like a nineteen ninety. It? It, it was called First Crush, and it had nothing to do with like dating or anything. Oh, it was like we were a in high school when this happened. No, this was in college. I was. I was uh I remember I remember you told me, me about this. Me and Andrew, though. me and Andrew, our mutual friend, we were both on two different episodes and we both won our respective episodes and I won like a 1990 like 6 like old like crappy like it was like a Scion or something or Pontiac and it was like literally had no value to me and I just 
like said, you know what? Like they, I, the option was either keep the car or take two hundred dollars cash, and I took two hundred dollars cash. Like that's how <laughs> that's how crap that's how crap the car was. But um, yeah. So Andreas, you still have some work to do if you want to reach my level of fame. But um, man, it's not a yeah, good start I, though. I've not gotten any sort of monetary value from NBC Sports, but if their ratings go up, I will be reaching out. <laughs> I mean, you are responsible I mean, we for did... it if it is. We did the fan show a couple. I know Andres, you did the fan show for NBC Sports. I did it uh, twice. Yeah, they were. We, I, I was on the fan show two years ago. It yeah. was mm. Fan Zone, I think is what it's fan called. Zone. And it was right mm. before Lampard was hired. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So I saw the, the guys, video. One of the guys that have that asked me questions was actually the guy asking me questions back then, <laughs> and. Do you remember? Back you? then, he thought I was correct when I said that Lampard. It might be too soon to be, you know, coming in as the manager and that based on his performance and sorry had earned a second year. But then this time around, he was just saying that Lampard deserved better. So I, I mm, makes you interesting. think. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I love yeah. I, I, I still have the video of me on it, but Andres, I never got six minutes, man. So, yeah, shout out. Shout out to you for my, getting my six total airtime is at about 11 minutes right now. Ooh, nice. I'm chilling at about like four and a half, maybe. Mine was a 30 minute like episode, that. so with commercials, let's say 15. Oh, so, so you're like 19 eight, minutes. Yeah, 18. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're all pretty famous now. That's awesome. Now, now yeah. we, our our podcast officially has some legitimacy. That's awesome. Um, let's uh, let's talk about this Burnley matchup. Uh, so obviously Chelsea, two Burnley nil. I'll go through starting 11. Once again, the 3-4-3. Mendy in goal. Dave, Thiago Silva, and Rudiger in the back line. The double pivot of Jorginho and Kovacic, otherwise known as Jovicic. Um, the fullbacks of Marcus Alonso and Cho. And a front three of Timo, Tammy, and Mount. Mount, playing, Mount and Timo on the wing and Tammy at striker. Um, Thomas Tuchel's first win as Chelsea's manager. Um, I'm happy for him. I'm happy for us. Um, what a great person. You know, I couldn't think of a better person to score that first goal than Dave, what he's meant to the club. And, uh, you know, he's been there for so long. So the fact that he was the first goal of the Tuchel era, uh, it could not have been a better person. But, I mean, the, let, let's let's get your guys' first initial thoughts when you saw that lineup. Zach, what, what did you think when you saw, obviously – the, the name that stood out, Marcus Alonso, back in the lineup after, what, like a four-year – I mean, sorry, a four-month hiatus? Well, apparently there's a uh, – apparently there's like a whole conspiracy on Twitter where people could start predicting lineups a full 24 hours before they even drop. So they've been – Twitter's been spot on the last two weeks. So I wasn't really surprised to see Alonso in there. I mean, his name has been floated around uh, all week. But – to it, if I'm going to be honest with you guys, um, when I saw his name on a team sheet, I wasn't too mad. Uh, one of my big criticisms of Lampard was the fact that he overplayed Chilwell at times. And uh, it seemed to sort of kind of run him out of form and run him out of fitness. Um, he looked tired at the end of games. So it's a, it's good that we are getting that squad rotation, but to also do it in a way where you can incorporate Marcus Alonso into his best position. That way you're not really exposing him as a poor defender, rather... Um, Use utilizing him as a great attacker, which is exactly what he is. 
and I think I, I the performance as a whole it's really kind of funny. It was kind of frustrating because it's your typical Marcus Alonso performance where he doesn't really get involved all too much, um, but only has maybe one or two big moments. And uh, and obviously he took it with that goal and uh, and took it really well. So, I mean, I'm happy that he's back. If I'm going to be honest with you guys. If we're going to play three back, we don't see Marcus Alonso being rotated into the side. Um, I just hope that this isn't a... Um, a permanent thing like like i know all the spots in the starting 11 are pretty much up for grabs right now with tuchel but uh i i fully expect chillwell to be our number one fullback slash wingback but alonzo's definitely gonna pop in to rotate and i got no issues with it um andres do you got any any issues with it any beef i i know no beef if we're gonna be playing a team that's happy with giving up 80 percent possession because then that means that marcos alonso only has to defend 20 percent of a 90 minute match uh so if that's the case sure play marcos alonso if there's not going to be a threat at the wing which burnley does not have no issue whatsoever now if we're playing a man city a liverpool a united tottenham maybe a little different because it's a Mourinho side so we'll get to them later. But these teams that are happy to sit back and accept that we're the stronger side, yeah, play Marcos Alonso because we are going to struggle to generate space and struggle to create when the opponent is looking for a nil-nil draw. And Marcos Alonso has a goal in him. And his goal this weekend was not a an easy one. He, his whole body was facing away from the goal. Uh, and that cross was definitely not meant for him, if you ask me. So for him to be able to create that for himself, that takes a lot of technical ability. And for a player who hasn't played for three months, good for him. I think that I'm still unsure what to make of his celebration. I can't tell if that was facetious or if that's him saying that he always wanted to stay grabbing the badge. But that was a good thing. I thought, yeah, I, I want to think it's a good thing. I but thought it was a good is, thing, too. Yeah, the, the, the fact is is that Chilwell's still going to be the go-to guy on the left. I don't think... The the guy that should, that should worry is Emerson, not Alonzo. Because Emerson's not great at anything. He's, like, decent across the board. So, oh, we need an offensive threat? We're going to go with Alonzo. Oh, we need to solidify the back? We're probably going to go with Chilwell. So I don't see... You a... want boring sideways football? We're going to go with Emerson. <laughs> so I, I just don't see a, a, a spot for him, even though yeah. Tuchel is known for rotating. And like, I got to oh, admit, guys. Go sorry, sorry, Sam. Um, cool. I, I got to admit, Marcus Alonso's technical ability is not talked about enough. Like, I know you just mentioned it really quick, Andres, but um, I feel like a lot of the criticism for Alonso, and it's very warranted, comes from his defensive quality or lack of defensive quality. Um, but people seem to kind of sum him up as a, oh, he sucks just because he can't defend. In terms of attack, I I urge anybody listening to get me a list of five left wing backs <laughs> that could produce the numbers that Marcus Alonso does. Uh, uh, be, I think be, be, it's... Go ahead, he, he, he's elite in terms of attack, right? But yeah, it's just but defensively where he's... He, but he's he plays wingback. So that's yeah. the thing. 50% of his job is, is defending. So if you can't do 50% of your job, you're a 
footballer. Like, yeah. At the then end of the day. Why is he a wing back? Why is he like? I want to go back in time and meet the natural because he's he can arrive in the box late mm-hmm. versus a winger who gets all the attention and has to create the moment he has the ball. He's so that's pretty much. I don't know, he's, man. he's not lightning speed. He doesn't know how to play with to, with his back turned to goal to create for someone else, so he can't be a striker. I think left wing back role is, is perfect for him because the guy can can sneak into the box the way he does for us. Because I, he, if there's a winger in front of him, the defense is going to see them, and Marcos Alonso always arrives late into the box when he scores. Always. I think so um, that's why, in my I mind. Th- I think Marcus Alonso is your typical, or not typical. I think he is your old school outside mid. He's a left midfielder. He's just he's just your typical old school mid. He likes to hug the sidelines, whip in crosses when he can, but he also has that ability when he doesn't have the ball to kind of make those darting runs inside and arrive late in the box like Andres is talking about. Isn't that like what an old school midfielder is? Like when you're a kid growing up and they're teaching you to play 4-4-2, I mean Marcus Alonso's role is pretty much just that. It's 50% yeah. attack, 50% defense. And you could do a little bit of both. He should have been a striker. For- he should have been a striker, guys. Come on. Like this is <laughs> like like I want to go back in time and slap whoever told him as a kid, you are a left wing. Probably back. his no. father. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go back in time and slap his father then. No, actually I wouldn't do that. I'm curious to see what other positions he might have played, <laughs> like in the youth at the youth levels. That's what I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well then. Because like you know how Cho played up, the yeah. ten? Like all these guys play different positions. I wonder where Alonso right. might have played. Sam played in the wing. Did he? Yeah, at academy level. Wow. Yeah, and so then, like, you know, the thing about Marcus Alonso. I mean, just look back. Like he's been with the club for five years, and through those five years, uh, you know, he scored a lot of big goals. You know, he's done a lot of good for the club, and like you said, the frustration comes on the defensive end. But you know, like. We're, we're now at the point where we don't need him to be our number one left back. So like Andres was saying, like in these kind of matches where we're not, we don't have too much concern about the, you know, the goal scoring threat of their wingers, like having them out there is amazing. But, you know, I don't know. Just like look, watching Tuchel's style uh, of play. I wasn't as impressed with that left side with uh, Marcus Alonso and Timo Werner as I was with the other side of Cho and Mason Mount, I mean, they played, I mean, I think maybe Cho, player of the match, but Mason Mount is also a shout. I think those two, like, the way I want to describe Tuchel's style is both fluidity and structure at the same time. Because you see Mason Mount and Callum Hudson-Odoi, like, switching back and forth between their positions, um, and... Like just being on the same page for the most part, um, just a couple, you know, a couple passes that went awry, but you know, like instant, instant correction, you know, you they don't make the same mistake again. So, uh, I was so pleased but, with that. Yeah, Andres, go ahead. Yeah, I, I one thing I want to say also is, you know, I don't if Chilwell scores that chance against Wolves, he starts this game. I truly believe that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that had Chilwell at least put that shot on frame, Tuchel would have thought, okay, Chilwell is still a good enough offensive threat. But because <clears throat> because of the job that he's come into and it's midseason and we need to get every single point, I think that's why he went with Alonzo. I, 
I mean, I don't think any of us disagree that number one choice, no matter what, if you have to pick any match, you would probably go Chilwell still, uh, regardless of opposition. But the fact that Alonso did come in and, and did what he did was fantastic. Uh, I wanted to also point out, so I'm talking about the, you know, the, the right side with Mount. And, you know, earlier this season, we talked about how Mount on the wing doesn't work. I think we need to clarify that in this system, even though it is a front three, those two quote-unquote outside guys are more of floating tens than wingers. They're they're staying inside of the if you if you want to divide the field into into thirds vertically, let's say that the space wide of the box on each side of the box is is two thirds, and then the middle space between the lines of the box is the middle third. I don't think Mount it goes out of that middle third very often in this new formation. Same with the opposite side with Timo and and Pulisic when he came on. So that's why I think Mount still feels very comfortable. I think he's he's you know very comfortable being around the box, inside the box, and such. And and he does operate well at wide as long as it's not the primary space he covers. So. Yeah, Mount playing in that position for for people that want to say, oh, he's in the wing. What are you going to say now? I think the real wingers here are Cho and and, and Alonso because they play extra wide per instruction from Tuchel. Zach, what did you make of both sides, the left side and the right side? So I think Cho deserves a little bit more of a of a tidbit to talk be talked about. Yeah. Um... I think I, I think it's time that Cho becomes a regular in the team. Um, it's not only because of the way he's playing as a right wing back, but you know, towards the end of Lampard's reign, we were we were calling out for him to get more playing time. He was showing us these little moments where he would come into the game where the game is basically dead in the water um, and produce something—a goal or an assist or you know, dribble a few players, uh, some sort of highlight. And under Tuchel, he seemed to kind of observe him and just thrust him right in at, at at the right wing back position and i know it's not his only normal position or it's not his natural position um but but i gotta be honest you know i i do give a lot of credit to not only tuchel in the situation but a lot of credit to cho too i i think both of them definitely had a hand in making this happen tuchel more his ability to kind of communicate his ideas to cho because when you got to explain um to a more natural winger um, the difference between playing as a wing back and being a winger in terms of the responsibilities defensively, um, you know, where to track back, when to time your runs. Tuchel always talks about the match being played in zones and arriving in these zones. So, you know, Cho going from a right winger to a right wing back, he's going to arrive in these zones at different times. And Tuchel's the one that's explaining all of this to him. And, and ideas are clearly getting communicated, which is great. Now, Cho, on the other hand, I mean, he's just seizing the opportunity, man. He's putting his head down. He's he's finally putting a semi-consistent run of form together. I want to see maybe two or three more matches where we see him um, be one of the brighter performers before I say, you know, he's that's it. He's consistent. Um, but 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 for a guy that played, you know, the number ten most of his youth career, and then obviously the right wing and left wing under Conte and Sari or under uh, Sari and Frank, um, basically his whole senior career. I mean, this is a big, big step for him, and uh, and the fact that he's he's taking it with both hands um, is great. I I think we're I think we're finally 
for the first time in a while, guys. Um, we're starting to see the the 50 million pound offer from Bayern Munich, Callum hudson <laughs> Um as opposed to, you know, the one that's recovering from his injuries. We haven't heard him mention his injuries in a while. Um, and, you know, his, his attitude's been pretty good for the most part. So um, long may it continue. But I, I do want to say one more point. Um, I, I know I know I'm kind of backtracking, but about um, about Marcus Alonso. Uh, Tuchel spoke about the, one of the reasons why he was selected, and it was very Jose-esque. He said it was because of his height, because he anticipated yeah. Burnley would, would seize opportunities on set pieces and long balls and from crosses as well. So um, I like that about him, though. It, it's... I think I think that's the thing about Tuchel that that we're all kind of coming around to and seeing that we didn't really notice before is that he does, he's not really one of those managers that only focuses on one particular aspect of the game and then the others. It it sort of seems to be all one clear even picture for him, uh, which is something we haven't had for a while considering we're a club that's had what defensive specialists for the last fifteen years minus Sari and Frank. So it's a it's definitely a breath of fresh air. Uh, I I'll go ahead, Andre. I, I want to say one thing because because I, I I'm a little bit you know people saying oh it, it's now match two so now we have two different yeah. bits of tape about Cho as a quote unquote right wing back but guys he's not really playing right wing back he's doing the exact same thing that Frank asked him to do to track back he's not the first guy back he's just tracking back and if you see his positioning he's just a very wide winger which is where he succeeds. Like this 3-5, 3-4-3, three, three, excuse me, is not Conte's 3-4-3. And I think that's the first thing that people need. People who were maybe anti-Conte at the end also need to take into consideration. Yeah. The right wing-back role is, in, is a right wing-back on paper. This is Cho playing exactly where he played under Lampard, but with a manager that's confident in his skill set. And play, putting him in a position to succeed, because mm-hmm. Cho close to the bot like the 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 oh my god I can't even think the Byline. outside the wide line like right there heels on the touchline is as dangerous as it can get because he is isolating defenders and getting to go at them one v one. And another part of his game that's super underrated is his crossing ability, because he played a ten in the academy, which is what got him in our eyes to begin with. He was scoring a lot of goals there based on that position. And people thought, oh, he's going to be the scoring winger that we didn't have opposite to Hazard at the time. But in reality, Cho can be such a good playmaker. And mm-hmm. he's now at five goals, four assists total for the for the season, which I believe is the highest goal contribution out of any of our wingers. So, yeah, these two starts back-to-back have been coming. And and they're much more deserved than than I think some people anticipated, regardless of who the manager is. Lampard should have been starting him based on just those numbers. And he's now gotten two man of the matches at this pseudo wingback position. And allowing us to do that adds an extra attacking body to the to our to our solid play because usually you would think, oh, okay, so it's Ziyech and Pulisic, no Cho. Or it's going to be, you know, Kai and Ziyech, again, no Cho. 
But now you get to add, add Cho to those other guys along with a striker, whoever the striker may be. Mm-hmm. God, please give us a scoring striker soon. But Timo Werner, what do you mean? The, you already have him. <laughs> not even that. I mean, Timo, Tammy, Giroud, the past two matches, all of them forgot how to play. But anyway, <laughs> the point is, Cho, definitely a shining light. Remember, Tuchel did bring Pulisic into the limelight. He also followed that up by bringing Dembele into the limelight. Mm-hmm. Now, their two careers have gone opposite directions, but under Tuchel, both were very successful. And sometimes a young player needs instruction. And I think it was actually Tuchel who said that while at PSG, that managers make the mistake that because kids are talented, they can just go into the pitch and express themselves. But in reality, when you put a kid against an experienced vetted player that talent can only take him two steps in those extra instructions until they become part of their instinct are going to be what let them grow in the higher level so i'm excited to see how much more we can get out of cho even just this season thanks to tuchel's you know ability to get down to the x's and o's and really study the game Listen, Andreas, I don't care what you want to call it, wing back, full back, <laughs> linebacker, half back, I don't care. I I'm I, what we're seeing from Cho is phenomenal. It's been phenomenal and I hate I hate having to disparage Frank's name when I'm we're talking about how Tuchel's getting the best out of these guys that Frank had a, had multiple chances to get the best out of, and we never saw it. But it, it's inevitable, you know. Like we have to point out the fact that Frank, with these same pieces, wasn't. You know, you're saying he's playing him in the same exact position, uh, and he has been contributing. I mean, it just it just it's day and night the way that he looks, and the way he's playing, uh, and the you know it, it has to do with what Mason Mount was doing as well. Obviously the the um Jovicic double pivot was instrumental in uh you know his 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 uh increase in play but you know I I just don't I don't like the fact that I have to but that's just the matter of the fact you know at this point yeah. Tuchel is is superior to Frank as far as being able to manage a football team you know if the, what what that is saying about Frank Lampard that you know that, that doesn't that doesn't say much because Tuchel's a really good manager you know He's doing a really good job. I don't think it's disparaging Frank. <laughs> the The fact that we're talking, uh, that we're saying nice things about our manager, isn't necessarily dissing our old one. I think I, th- I think we've been pretty clear that we love Frank and that we have nothing against him. And and that no matter yeah, what, I still think his legacy is 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 still untarnished at for Chelsea at Chelsea. So. As a player, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, what? in general, I still love him just as much as I did b- before he was our manager. No difference. Yeah, but uh, I just wanted to quickly, before we talk a little bit about that Jovetic midfield, um, I want to talk about our two strikers. Uh, I know I'm going like really out of order, but I wanted to save that for last because I, uh, I, I was I was so blown away by their performance. But Timo, uh, I thought his performance was a little bit like saw some signs of improvement. I mean, all three of his chances were on target at least. Uh, I know he he whiffed a, like a beautiful ball by Cho, um, just completely missed it, and uh, you know that so that doesn't count. I'll count it: three shots or four shots, three on target. 
but uh, I mean, what did you what did you guys make of what you saw from Timo? I, I thought it was better. I thought it was a lot more positive than what we have seen. Um, you know, the the thing is, he's getting into good spaces and he's getting himself into good positions. Uh, it's just not coming off for him. And and Tuchel spoke about it after the game. He said Tino's in a yeah. difficult, to sort of a difficult period right now. Like he's just sad because he wants to score. And when strikers don't score, they they get sad. I mean, it's common sense, but in a way, you know. Tuchel's kind of looked at it for what it is um, and not necessarily tried to beat it to death by, you know, um, putting more pressure on him, saying he needs to score. It has to happen, you know. Instead, Tuchel's just kind of letting him go through the motions, but but, but he's managing him through the situation. Um, so, so I think, you know, the performances are definitely getting better in terms of the body of work. The goals and assists are going to come with time. It, and, and to be honest with you guys, I know a couple weeks ago we kind of went in on him, uh, Burner specifically, you know, for the lack mm-hmm. of goals and whatnot. I think he's 12 league games without scratching. Um, but but I think we're harsh to pass that Murata criticism on him because I, I think Werner is, at least for what we saw in this match, um, I think Werner gives you a little bit more off the ball than than, than what Murata does. I think Murata was pretty useless. Because Werner can stay on his- side. Yeah, and and for me, Morata was useless unless he's using his forehead. Um, so I, I I don't know. I I think that's gonna come with time, no Sam. And 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 when he did get moved centrally, the play did look a little bit better. Um, I think time's gonna tell where his best position is, really though, because you know when he's playing centrally, he's gonna he's gonna have two creators around him, so th- there's gonna be more more opportunity for him to get a, a you know a pop at goal as opposed to him playing in one of those outside forward positions. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and and I liked what Tuchel mentioned after the the match. It's, you know, situations like this come. I can't do anything about it. I can't. Nothing I say is going to be better. The only thing that's going to make it better is if he scores once. It doesn't have to be pretty. Doesn't have to be. Yeah, he said an ugly goal. Finish. It can it can deflect and roll in, but a goal is a goal, and that's mm-hmm. the only thing that's yeah. going to get Timo out of his own head. He said, "There's nothing I can say or do. I can trust the player and go from there." But if he's in his head, he's the only guy that can get him out, get himself out. And and I don't think he and he didn't say that in like a negative way. He had kind of a, a smirk on his face because he knows. It's like I've coached these guys, these kind of players before. They live and die by the goal. And and that's all it's gonna take, man. We just need one lucky bounce for him uh to to get him sorted mentally. But but Tammy, man, I, I, I it was just a bad game for him. 45 minutes or not, it was just not good enough. I'd never thought he – there was a times where, where we were kind of pressing in transition when Burnley wasn't set and some of the runs he was making I didn't think much of. Uh, just just kind of – you know, we talk about Tammy looking good sometimes and sometimes looking like a little baby giraffe. And, and I don't know if it's a transition now that it's more organized. So now maybe he's the one that's in his head as to what he should be doing. Or, you know, maybe a little nervous because it is a new manager and he has to prove himself again. But it was a tough outing for him. I thought, was it harsh to be pulled at 45? Maybe. But it did take us 44 goals, 44 minutes to score a goal. And and the goal came from Aspie, of all people. 
So another thing I really liked from Tuchel was saying that, that, you know, he said people, the the post-match interview person was congratulating him on the victory and, and the fact that we actually scored this time around. And he just said, yeah, you know, you don't expect a game to, to have both of your or two of your defenders score and, and you'll take it because that means that you were doing good things on the pitch. But the attackers need to take notice of this, that the only reason we sc- we won was because our defenders are scoring. So for 45 minutes, that was Tammy's primary job. And, and he was nowhere near that. And in the second half, Sam, you mentioned T- Timo did have some shots, but at the end of the day we're going to need goals to come from those guys. And, and Tuchel now is, is saying that I need to get results now, which I, I appreciate. And if you're not going to give it to me in 45 minutes, I don't know if you're going to give it to me the next 45. I don't think it's a long-term decision, but on that day, Tuchel will make the change to get the win. Yeah, I, I agree, man. For me, it was more a matter of like Tuchel's not dumb or stubborn enough to say, okay, I saw 45 minutes of Tammy. I know exactly what kind of player he is. I'm hooking him. Um, it, it had nothing to do with with that. It had to do with that individual performance in isolation. Yeah, his impact was nowhere to be seen, like Andres said. But, but to be more specific, I think the reason why Tuchel pulled them out is because we're only 1-0 up. We need to put the game away. Um, he saw, he smelled blood, and he relied on those guys that he leans on um in christian pulisic um so you know i he he just realizes like this is a results business and when you come into a a, to manage a a new club and a new group of players um you know usually you have a preseason and time to kind of figure out your best 11 figure out your rotation the guys you could lean on the guys you can't lean on who can give you what he hasn't had any of that. We're 20 games in, um, and we don't have the time or the patience to to let Tammy run around for 90 minutes to figure it out. We need to get results now. Um, so so that's why I felt like he went with uh, Pulisic and then moved Werner centrally. Um, like I said earlier, I thought um, we looked a lot more creative when that happened. You know, Tammy just didn't really get into the game game all that much, and I think for him specifically and 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 i guess you could kind of apply this more broadly to our younger players it's expected that these academy kids will have some growing pains uh with tuchel um if they haven't experienced it already and i think tammy might be the first obvious one you know they've only really played top flight football under frank um, who wasn't necessarily a tactician as we all know now um so a new regime change with a completely different type of manager, uh, a manager who brings a different kind of culture to the club, a manager that brings different ideas and different attacking and defensive philosophies, just a d- different way and a different approach uh, to the game completely. I think I think some of these academy kids are going to have a little bit of a culture shock in that sense, where you know a new manager comes in and the more veteran players can adapt their game a little more quickly. Um, as opposed to some of the younger guys. So, I mean, with that being said, I don't think Tammy's dead in the water. I don't think uh, I, I don't think you know Tuchel's done with him by any stretch. I think Tuchel actually has big plans for him in store um, because you know we we talked about his ability to work with strikers that are quick and strikers that are fast. Tammy has that, but he also has the size. 
Um, and when you get him going, he has a finishing ability too. So there's so mm-hmm. much talent there to be harnessed. I think it's silly for anyone to say that Tuchel's, you know, done with him just based on 45 minutes. But yeah, you know, it, it's it, it's just a manager being a manager. It, 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 it was a business decision for Tuchel to put Werner in. You know, we needed the win. We needed another goal and to put the game away. And I thought with Tammy, like the one thing that he was having an issue with is just like his control of the ball. He was losing it a bunch. Um, mm-hmm. you know, give, giving the ball to defenders and fouling them. Um, he got in Tarkovsky's face at one point. That was pretty cool. Uh, I actually liked that a little bit. Uh, you know, a little bit of frustration, obviously, but um, you know that, that that's probably going to be cured with uh with Tuchel's training methods of using size three balls, right? Like that's so it's only yeah, a matter of time that size two, size one. Size, yeah, I know. Yeah, those are small. I thought it was Photoshop at first, and I was like, "Oh wait, they're actually they're no, actually practicing." No, those That's are nice. like, those are smaller than like the futsal balls we play with. Uh-huh. Those are those are like yeah, those are the ones that we used to get for free when we go to like <laughs> international friendlies at the local yeah, you know, exactly. stadium. I have yeah, a couple yeah. of those just like yep. in my drawers somewhere. But um, all right, let's talk. About, oh, actually, before we move on, we actually got a question from at Chelsea Eric, and he asked straight up. Who's our best striker? Hmm. Can we can we know. put this like who's our best striker under Tuchel? Well, how would you Who answer we that? We don't know. Yeah, who do you think? I mean, I mean Chelsea Eric loves this question. I'm not even joking. He's had this question anytime we're struggling for goals. He asks, <laughs> who's, our, who's best our best striker? striker? He, I know it's he's a fair it question to have for for the the, for the banter. But man, I I honestly. If you're asking for the central guy, I still think Tuchel wants that probably to be Tammy because he, I think now he has spoken about Timo playing off of another striker when asked about it. So I think that he would want it to be Tammy so that he can also get the best out of Timo off of Tammy. Yeah. Um, so I think that's what the dream is. Now, you ask me who the best striker is. Today, and I'd say that based on how Tuchel wants to play, Timo's probably going to be the one that easiest has the easiest transition to this game style. So for Tuchel, depending on how you're asking about it, if you want the now, I think that Timo's going to look the best now, but I think Tuchel wants Tammy to be the central piece in that front three. And that's just my opinion. I don't, I don't want to speak on the manager's thoughts <laughs> yeah um every time he asks this question man <laughs> it always makes me think like what wait what did i answer last time because i always feel like my answers are different um but in this case guys it if, if we need if we needed a striker to perform for one match and we need one result i pick olivier Giroud. Mm-hmm. i don't pick tammy or team you're gonna say that wolves he was he was crap against wolves. I don't um, think he's gonna fit game. this high pace. But but, but system. Maybe not. Maybe maybe he the, won't. The counter pressing, all that, that. I Yeah, but that wasn't the question. The I question was who's fair. our best striker. I think in terms of like what do strikers do? Strikers score goals. And I just think I, I just think Giroud's been the most clinical this year for me. And and when he started, he's been the that the Wolves match was probably his only bad performance 
Yeah, but season, I guess, that I really I guess as of? an individual, yeah, you can say that because he's the one that scored the most. I guess when I think of our strikers, it's like, how did we play as a team because of the striker? And I think yeah. that this season where we, with Lampard, have played to where we have to cross it 40 times to score, yeah, of course I'm going to want Giroud in there because all we're doing is play the ball wide, work it to the corners, cross. That was the game play. The game plan, excuse me. And of course, yeah, Giroud, because Giroud all has to all he has to do is get into the box and wait for the cross to come in. And if that's the case, then yes, Giroud, great. But in two matches, uh, one of our Red Fultures, Bob and our good friend Bobby posted uh, this sort of like heat. It's not a heat map. It's more of a how did Chelsea progress the ball to the final third? And it, it shows you highlighted thirds of the pitch. Yeah. And up until Tuchel, that looked like there was no middle third because all the chances came from the wide sides. And now with Tuchel, there's a lot of creative creativity up the middle. And, and it's like, it's tough for me to picture rude unless we're going to be playing cross and pray football. You guys are so reactionary. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, come on. You guys, first of all, you said Giroud scoring the most goals for us. Tammy has six goals for us. He has the most. I know uh, Tammy's he's just coming off a hat trick but... a couple weeks, a couple matches ago. Uh, you know, it's. I feel I, like whenever I, still think I feel like whenever Giroud starts, he's been scoring. I know. Yeah. So like I don't one know. bad match for Giroud, one bad match for Tammy Andreas. Suddenly he's like, oh, Guys. Timo's our best striker. <laughs> I know. No, I think Timo's gonna have the easiest time. Yeah, Andre I didn't say he was our best striker. I think we need to stop arguing because we're giving Chelsea Eric exactly what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's what I was trying to do. I was trying to give Chelsea Eric what he wants. I wanted I wanted all three of us to pick someone different, and it worked out. So, uh, great question, so, Eric. <laughs> some people just the, – the Alfred quote from The Dark Knight is like, some people just want to watch the world burn. That's me. Um, all right, let's talk about this Jovicic pivot. Oh, my God. It is – it is unbelievable, man. I mean, Jorginho, in my mind, I was through with him. I was completely done with Jorginho. I said it on the podcast. I don't want to see him ever again. And now, <laughs> in in matches where, you know, it's a team like Burnley, and then it's a team like uh, Wolves, who were uh, in really bad form, Jorginho and Kovacic just absolutely just maestros. I, I, I was so refreshed, and I and I don't know if you guys saw after, I think it was Marco Salonzo's goal. There was like a video it, it, from behind, uh, behind them, and you could see Jorginho and Kovacic running to each other and like giving each other a high five and hugging each other. Like, look, we <laughs> did it, we did it. The double pivot worked. Uh, but I mean, I'll I'll, I'll read <laughs> off their combined stats: six chances created. Uh, Jorginho had. Four, uh, which was the most in the match by any player. 17 out of 21 long balls. Like, where did this come from? Like, I... <laughs> Jorginho had one pass, like, over the top from the right side to Marcus Alonso, who headed it. He should have gone near post, but he headed it towards the middle. And then, you know, Mason Mount and Tammy collided. Oh, he should have, yeah. He should have won the goal. That pass from Jorginho... I have never seen him make a pass like that. I mean, I've seen him attempt it, but I've never seen him make it. <laughs> and I think it's like, it has a lot to do with uh, his confidence. And and 
I saw him make a tackle, like a clean tackle, without trying to foul him, without trying to foul the other opposing player. Uh, it was it it it's it's blowing my mind, and of course, you know the two shots, both from Kovacic. Uh, this is something I've never seen either. I mean, in the past two matches, he's taken what three shots combined. It's been unbelievable seeing these two. Um, it's their second consecutive league start next to each other. Um, you know, I already said I, 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 you know, this this probably isn't going to be our, you know, full time pairing in the midfield. But for a team like the ones we played in the last two matches, I think that is a great option, if not, you know, the best option. So you can rest, you know, everyone else. But uh, Zach, I'll ask you first: Are we going to be seeing um, the resurgence of the Jovicic? Uh, I think so. Um, I know Tuchel's going to try and get Conte in that midfield at some point. Um, I'd be surprised if he doesn't try to see how Mount looks there. Um, but against the bigger size, I think Conte is definitely going to be the one to slot in. Now the question is who comes out? Um, you know, we've seen what happens to his hamstrings when, when he plays next to Jorginho. So my hope is that it'll either be Kovacic or Mason Mount. Um, but yeah, I mean, against the, against these, these teams where we're going to have the ball 70 plus percent of the time, I really don't mind seeing a double pivot, uh, or the Jovacic pivot. Um, the ball movement's great. I think, I think we're seeing in the beginning of Lampard's reign, he kind of introduced the Jovacic double pivot in a four, two, three, one, and it looked really good for a run of matches and, and, and we're kind of having flashbacks of it here, but they seem to be playing a lot more loosely under Tuchel, meaning uh, the long ball stat I'm looking at specifically. Jorginho and Kovacic are looking over the top, which is something that we've been criticizing them for for the longest time. We've always said, you know, Jorginho has this amazing vision and this amazing ability to see passes that nobody else can. But for some reason, he just has this inability to play the long ball. I think he proved it to us in this game that he has that in his locker. Um, we've seen it before. I think that's how Tammy got his goal against uh, against Wolves last season. Um, but, but my whole point is, you know, he's kind of unlocked these secondary characteristics and some of these other guys, and it's just opening up their full game to them. They don't seem to be playing in this, in this little shell anymore. It, it seems to be loose. It seems to be a little bit more free. And when you watch, uh, Tuchel's side, you see, you know, you see his tactics in play, but at the same time, you could also see the players expressing themselves. And I think that's, that's what Sam was alluding to when he mentioned, you know, Jorginho and Kovacic hugging when when Alonso scored his goal that only tells you that they're having fun while they're doing it um so you know not only does it look good but they're feeling good while they're doing it and 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 you have that it, it, it sort of gets contagious and I know Jorginho is a huge personality in, in the dressing room too so I know keeping him happy has his benefits uh but when he's also playing uh really well on the pitch I mean it's pretty hard to see them not start against Tottenham, um, especially considering that Tuchel doesn't really know what else he has there because he hasn't really experimented with anyone else. I mean, yeah, the the double pivot worked. I we won. We are we have we have yet to concede a shot on target in two matches under Tuchel. There's the fact that we've shot more in two matches than we have in a while. I believe the number's thirty three shots or chances created. I can't remember which of the two it is. 
But one thing that's for sure when you see Jorginho and Kovacic play together is that they do these little one-twos to break a press that our other midfield partnerships don't do. They just don't. You never see Conte combine with the midfielder and get the ball back. You don't see that even with Mount. Uh, Jorginho even came out with a quote recently said, we know that him and Kovacic know each other. They know their intentions, how they want to play. Even without looking, he knows what Kovacic wants from the ball the moment he passes it. So if people are going to try to give us that space in the middle, of course we're going to play this double pivot. I think it could work against Spurs for two reasons. One, they're going to sit back and try to get just one chance the whole match. And two, Harry Kane is not there. And and I'd be okay with it just because of that right there. I think that Sam, you you were right, and, and Zach, you were both right to point out they, they're looking to pass the ball more forward. I think it helps that they have two number 10s. And, and yes, they're known for passing the ball and recycling possession, but I saw a, a metric that said even just looking at last season's numbers, Jorginho and Kovacic ranked amongst the top midfielders for progressive passing. So while it feels like they only do it backwards, in reality, they're still pushing the ball forward, even more so in this in this Tuchel system, because no matter how you look at it, there's five bodies in front of them they can pass it to when we're playing right now. There's two quote-unquote wingbacks that are super high and wide, two tens inside forwards, however you want to call it, and then a striker. So the passes backwards and sideways are going to go down in this system, especially against teams not looking to, to press us or, or yeah, put the pressure back on us the moment we get the ball. And so for now, while we've kept the ball in front of us for most of the match and have won it back the moment the other team gets even a sniff, this is going to work. And all it takes now for them to even look better is for our forwards to start shooting on target. Uh, Saw him, you mentioned Kovacic taking shots, and I swear if Kovacic just had a shot from distance, he would be getting as much love as Bruno Fernandez does from the media because that's mm-hmm. all that's missing from his arsenal, just scoring. If you could get Kovacic to score... Penalties. Well, okay. Yeah, <laughs> That's whatever. where Bruno but, excels. <laughs> yeah, but Bruno still scores bangers, and you know yeah. it. We just hate yeah. him because he's good for United. Like, yeah, if we can get assists and goals him. from Kovacic, if we can get goals and assists from Kovacic, everyone would be like, this is the guy. That's the one thing that's missing. And I think right now he could be getting assists. We just need our strikers to feel confident again. The the double pivot is working. I think it also really, really helps that someone like Tiago Silva is the backline general. So you have these two, and then behind you, you have this just absolute mastermind controlling Aspie and Rudiger beside him. It, it's it's almost as if it's almost as if if you have it's kind of when Conte's there to protect those two. But you have Tiago that's doing it, and then also communicating with two other defenders to make sure that the, this double pivot doesn't get run past or, or, or maybe manhandled like we've seen them 
get manhandled sometimes before. So yeah, the 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 three back three with this double pivot is is really helping them out, and I think that's what is allowing them to to what Zach said is enjoy themselves and kind of express themselves more with their passing. Uh, and before we move on to the Twitter questions, we don't have very many. Um, how after watching this match, how confident are you guys now that we can finish top four? And like on a scale from one to one hundred, uh, being like with one hundred being very like most confident that we'll be in top four. Like I would say maybe I'm at like a thirty out of one hundred before the past two matches yeah. yeah i was like before yeah let's two percent before that i was at like maybe 15 percent, <laughs> and i think it's probably doubled since watching these past two matches um uh, still you know leaving a lot of room for error but uh i don't know i'm i'm, I'm feeling more confident in, so in Tuchel's I'm, ability i'm looking at the table now i mean we're in seventh we're level on points with spurs but they have a game in hand and Everton everyone and above us, Everton and uh, Everton and Villa are two. Yeah, they both have two games in hand, and the Everton is on thirty-three points like us, and Villa has one less point, two games in hand. Yeah. So I, I mean, I'm looking at it. I look at everybody. Um, I see Tottenham hasn't won any of their last two. West Ham's coming off a loss. Leicester hasn't won any of their last two. Vardy's injured for Leicester for a long time. Harry Kane's out for a long time with Spurs. We've seen them struggle. Man United is, is I mean, the wheels are falling off, finally, as we all expected. The only <laughs> team that's really firing on all cylinders right now is Man City. I know Liverpool has two wins on a shot. They finally got their goal, so we'll kind of see what happens with them. But I think I think I'm going to go 40. I think I, I think we have like a good 40% chance of making it. I think I think results have to go our way in terms of you know, expecting the West Ham's and the Everton's and the Villas to maybe fall off or tail off at some point. They haven't really showed any signs of doing that yet. Um, but yeah, I, I I think we should be in good hands. It depends. I think I think my percentage would definitely change after this week, um, after the Tottenham match for sure. But like, if you're looking at a points per game basis, we're mm-hmm. in ninth. We're in ninth place right now. If you consider Tottenham, Everton, and Villa all have games in hand on us um we're pretty much in ninth right now um so it's it it's like i don't know it's questionable what do you think andreas i think it's that time of the year where you know we're we're just now picking up form and we're gonna climb the table because everyone else starts just to magically not win their games this has happened now back to back seasons we were in a similar position just last year where we were on the outside looking in the top four. It happened under Sari as well. And then with a month left of the season, we're going to be in the top four like battle and looking at it in, in the in the in the better chances than in the not. Like it would be a disappointing result if we didn't stay in the top four. It's insane that this happens every year, it feels like. This weekend alone, we had every result we needed. Brighton beating Tottenham, Liverpool beating West Ham, Leeds beating Leicester, and United drawing Arsenal. The only team that didn't quote-unquote help us was Aston Villa for winning. But yes, they have the games in hand, but at the end of the day, 
those teams they might play may have something to play for. It may be Brighton trying to stay out of relegation, or it may be Fulham and West Brom who are trying to pick up form and, and get out of the relegation yeah. zone. So in this league, those games are, aren't given. And form plays a big role into it. And I mean, Leicester, West Ham, Tottenham, all are just now getting knocked off their high horse, but maybe we can inflict some more pain to Tottenham if we beat them this weekend. I think that we technically move up in current points because we are, you said, level with them. We actually would jump all the way to fifth if West Ham doesn't get a result. So, and by the way, they're playing Villa, who is on fire. So it's one of those things where I think 50% is not out of the picture just because we have this weird juju where other teams just start the teams that are above us specifically, not the ones below us, but the ones above us start just not performing. And, and you mentioned it. Wow. Harry Kane just happened to get injured right as we need Tottenham to drop points. Jamie Vardy injured right when we need Leicester to start dropping points. I, I don't know what it is, but I swear this happens a lot. And, and I talk about it usually at the end of the season when I'm like, man, you know, I'm not going to complain about top four, but sometimes it feels like it's not fully earned because so much also goes Chelsea's way that they can't control. Uh, I mean, so I said 30, Zach said 40, and you said 50. Uh, 50 I th- because I think... <laughs> Yeah, I think like a lot no, of the, like what I other said, what's gonna happen other with other teams, to... right? Like that. Yeah, that, and again, that factors in. That has to factor. Yeah, in. The, the FA Cup and the fact that the FA Cup is still early stages. Some people are putting now all their chips into the FA Cup. Like these mid-table sides may do that, or, or maybe it's it's for example Mourinho, who has yet to win a trophy with Tottenham, and first mm-hmm. place is going away. He might say, ooh. I need to start winning a trophy, so I'm going to put my chips in that fake cup. Like, Won't work, but he can try. Yeah. Right. And he's, <laughs> he's totally wrong. He's not going to win that fake cup, but he might start leaning that way and just say, yeah. screw this because I promised this club trophies and we haven't gotten them yet. Yeah. Well, that's a tough promise to keep when you're uh, the manager of Tottenham. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's go on to Twitter questions. This one is from Ron, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Cool, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Deluxe, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Supreme. He asks, being that it's still early days in his tenure, what do you guys what do you guys make of not seeing Zuma on the pitch yet? I think he, he meant Tuchel, or it's early in Tuchel's tenure. Um, so what do we make of not seeing Zuma on the pitch yet? Uh, it's, it's, it's surprising because it's not just the past two matches, but... Even Frank's last two matches, we haven't seen him. And, I mean, we haven't heard anything regarding his health. Uh, I just, it, it confuses me, but I, I, am, I would be just completely floored if, you know, he's still not in our rotation, like our normal rotation. Like, I think against Tottenham, we're definitely going to play four at the back and most likely feature uh zuma and uh tiago silva because that's been our best pairing but um you know in a back three is just not going to work against a team like that um so 
I, I think it's it's nothing to be worried about, but it's just I'm just very surprised to have not seen him in what it's been four matches. Has he had he uh, come on as a sub even in those last four matches? No. I can't even remember. I don't yeah, think he has. so no, he hasn't so played. It's, so it's questionable. I mean, it's a weird one with Zuma. I'd like to see him play. I still think he's our best center back uh, behind Diago Silva. Second, second um, uh, top goal scorer too for the club. Don't forget yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you know, the difficult thing is is you know we saw a, a certain degree of success with the back three in the Conte era, and and Rudiger has the experience because I know the German side sometimes plays a back three. Um, he has a whole season under his belt with Conte in the back three. Um, Aspi's probably the best year of his career was the first year Conte was here, uh, when he was playing as a right center back. So he's an immovable object, and I think that's the one that's really kind of keeping him out of the team because I don't think Tuchel would be too uh, too quick to play Zuma out on the left. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. If, for me, it's kind of a weird one. If if it's easy to say, if I was a manager, this is what I would do, but um, I just really don't understand why what Zuma hasn't necessarily done to kind of keep his place. Because you look across the you look across the whole field, he's probably been our most consistent player this whole entire season. I mean, he's he's probably been the only guy that. I mean, everybody has had their downs, but he hasn't had many of them that I could even think of. I mean, when I think of what Zuma's done, I think of you know the slide tackle against Palace, that probably saved our season last year. Um, you know, I think of all the goals he scored off set pieces this year. I think of the aerial dominance too. Like we talked about the first four or five weeks, we were mentioning the stats about all his aerial aerial dominance and his aerial abilities, and how he didn't lose an aerial duel until like week number seven or eight. Why isn't this guy in the team? I don't know, man. There, for me, there's just no logical reason, Andres. I don't know, but it it makes it harder to bring him back on when we haven't conceded a shot under yeah. Tuchel. That's and fair. Yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 baffling. I wish I could say, oh, yeah, let's go. It's time for Zuma back because Rudiger or Aspie or somebody didn't do something right, but. I can't ask for Rudiger right now. I mean, Zuma, excuse me, because it's working. And we love Zuma. And I think, you know, we missed him against Wolves because our strikers were not scoring and Zuma is good in the air. Mm -hmm. So the fact that I think, was it you, Sam, that said that we don't know what shape Rudiger's head is because sometimes when he headers the ball, we just don't know where it's going to (laughs) go. Yeah. It's just one of those things where maybe we will see him against Tottenham because we need a set piece goal. Just like we saw Alonzo come in because height was going to be an issue. And Tottenham lost to Brighton because they were weak on set pieces. And so we just spoke about Tuchel not getting himself into like, these. this is my 11, this is it. Maybe he'll notice that. And he'll look at our own club stats and realize that Zuma at one point was our leading scorer. So, and again, all <laughs> headers. So I'm hoping that that may be the case because, yeah, we love Zuma and we would love for that meme of him jumping in the bench when Matic scored on Tottenham resurfaced because of a goal he scores on Tottenham midweek. Oh, that'd be great. I just tweeted like that today, by the way. 
that exact. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for me, it'd be it'd be great to get Zuma back because again, Tuchel is supposed to be this guy that changes things every week depending on who we're playing against. And if we're gonna need to count on those set pieces, then Tiago and Zuma better be on the field. A little bit of rest is uh, pretty nice. And I actually just looked it up, and he played against Lutton uh, for a little bit. I don't know if he started or not, but um, let me. Uh, I'll check right now. I think he did. He, yeah, he started against Lutton, and he. I don't know if he came out. No, I don't think he came out. So that was. So he's played one out of our last five, um, but he hasn't played our last four league matches, and the the crazy thing is though that like i think rudiger has been playing very well as well like he hasn't he hasn't had a chance for a defensive blunder that uh you know he's very notorious for but he's been making see like this is the thing like when we had watching rudiger make these passes uh these long balls from the back makes you realize how good David Luiz was uh, in the back three and his ability to play the long ball because Kurt Zuma, he, he tries and he's got a couple of them, but just with the consistency that <laughs> David Luiz was hitting them back when uh, he was in his prime, uh, it's 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 a little bit different, but I'm just, I'm floored, honestly, with how, how well he's been playing. So, again, it's it's going to be hard to take him out. Um, but going back to, I said originally that I have no doubt that our best, our best lineup we'll see four in the back. It will see Tiago and, uh, and, uh, Zuma, but I actually skipped this question earlier. This one's from at M Conan. It's, he asked if Tuchel keeps the back three and following the return of Alonzo is Chilwell in trouble. I think we talked about that, uh, but I just yeah. wanted to mention the question. But I, I going back, like to that what I said about the best, our best back being a, our best lineup having a back four, for sure Chilwell's in there, and on the right side, yeah. probably Reese James, still yeah. right, not 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 we're not putting Cho at right back yet, no, 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 I'm just kidding, we're not going to yeah, see him play sure. right back. And nothing that hasn't changed for me, and I don't think that's yeah. actually changed for the club or for Tuchel, for for, for that matter. Uh, are, do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I think. Cool. I, I mean, I I still think ultimately a back four would probably suit us best, but um, no, I, I mean, I mean, I'm happy with what we've seen so far. We'll we'll see it against Spurs. Let, let's start talking about that. So on Thursday. Uh, where is it? Is it? Uh, it's, it's, it's there, huh? It's not. It's not a home yeah. match. Uh, so, yeah, it is. So, we're right now, as we said earlier, level on points. Uh, they have a match in hand, but um, they've won two of their last six league matches. Uh, their last two, uh, coming off of Liverpool and. A very embarrassing loss to Brighton uh, just yesterday. So uh, that I, I'm not. I don't know what to make of it. I'm not here to say that uh, a, a side managed by Jose Mourinho is dead in the water. Like I'm really. I'm still very nervous about this match. Um, but you know they they don't have Harry Kane, 
he'll be out for the foreseeable future after injuring both of his ankles uh, against Liverpool. So, I mean, this is just, like, it's become a joke at this point how often he gets injured. But, um, Andreas, what do you expect to see? Um, actually, I'll hear this. We actually got a question from Tom Ashdown, one of our friends uh, from one of our email pen pals who decided to make a Twitter because we told him to. <laughs> he tweeted at us. <laughs> uh, one, of, one of his two tweets ever, he's, he asked, who would your starting lineup be versus Spurs? Well, I kind of mentioned that I wanted that back for but you know help help me piece out the rest of the starting lineup oh i i think we're gonna see the back three again me to too to, totally honest really? but here's my you, thing i don't know where you're getting his back four stuff from yeah i mean we've already he's only he's only had a chance to work with the back three i don't think we'll see the back four really until next I, season when he has I, you know not even that i, I not not that at least not season. for me that far ahead but i think right now Tugel came into a part of the season where we're playing two to three games a week until late November. So I don't think he's got time to really shift things too much. And he can adjust here and there for matches. And, and that's what I think we're going to see here. I talked about Spurs potentially having a weakness in set pieces and, and crossed balls. So I expect to see Zuma instead of Rudiger. That would be my change in the back three. Chilwell versus Alonso is a little tough. Uh, I don't, while I don't expect Tottenham to press us, and I do expect them to give us possession, I also would want someone to be ready to track back in case we get hit on a counter. So I would lean maybe a little bit more towards Chilwell, although I wouldn't be surprised if Alonso started at the left white uh, wing back. Cho will start on the right wing back. He has to. Uh, unless, like Sam said, the reason behind it is rotation. He's played now back-to-back -back matches. We switched to a back four. Now Reese James comes on to give Cho a break. But uh, in this 3-4-3 that I'm thinking, it'll be the Jovicic midfield. And then up front, I would have kind of a curveball here, guys. But here's what I would do. I would have Werner and uh, Mount as my inside forwards at tens mm -hmm. and then i would have kai havertz in the middle i don't know why I, i'm not sure exactly <laughs> i my, don't know why either <laughs> i don't kidding. know how to explain it but i think he the could Tuchel thrive touch. it's the two cool touch bro you gotta trust the two i just touch. think he could thrive he did against... put out a lot of lineups at psg without a natural striker there was a lot of times where icardi and cavani would be on the bench I mean, so, I can argue Mbappe's a striker, but uh, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you could you could make the argument Werner is. So like yeah. in the same way, he Havertz? might he might utilize he might utilize them in a similar fashion. I mean, I can you, see what you you're mean saying. Havertz, I, I would put Havertz in the middle instead, just because I uh, think Havertz. Yeah, it, I think Havertz in the middle would. You know, last match we were missing the touch from the forward to connect with the with the inside tens, and I think. If you put Havertz there, you're you're ensuring that that silkiness will be there. You're not losing the height if you replace Tammy or, or Giroud. So maybe you would see a guy Havertz there. I know it sounds weird. It sounds random. But, yeah, just throwing that out there. I could see that if we stick to the 3-4-3 that we could see some madness in that well, front. 
Yeah, I think I think it's three at the back for sure too. Um, back three that, unchanged. You don't think that? I don't know. I just think it He's, could he, leave us exposed defensively against a side like it's go- that. Oh, it's going to. Then why? It's 100% then why not? I mean, implementing to. he implemented the three four three in one day. You know, so, like he can. He, against, we've been playing. We've been playing four in the back the whole season. It's not like a foreign concept to them that he's not but, able to implement no, I, that. I know, I know, but but the fact that we're playing Jose Mourinho's Tottenham, they're they're gonna expose us no matter what formation we put out there because they're gonna give us the ball. So so regardless, being but they're probably expecting not, us to do a three four three exactly. Yeah, I'm back. sure they are, but. We should bet on it. Defense. If the argument is that we do not need defenders, that we didn't do it against Burnley, like <laughs> you're still going to have five attacking bodies and five bodies behind the ball in this 3-4-3. Three, three. Yeah, if you're doing it right. I could see I could see Reese James coming in for Cho maybe. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe maybe that would be an option just like a more overall defensive approach well that's how they finished the burnley matchup yeah yeah just to kind of like make sure that things are short up at the back that we're not mm-hmm. going to give anything away i mean it, it's really tough to gauge this one guys because honestly i mean we have to look at it from tuchel's perspective too i said it earlier he can't necessarily lose games so he can't go out there and be completely gung-ho but he doesn't want to tie them either. He said exactly. he's trying to make this fun and exciting. And, and even against yeah. Wolves, he could have just said, whatever, we will tie this game. And he had Pulisic and Cho at wingbacks. No, I know. I, I understand that. But we haven't seen him manage a big game yet. We don't know his philosophy in a big match yet. And we don't know how he's going to even approach a Jose Mourinho side. I, I don't know. Has he faced Mourinho as a manager? Maybe in Champions League. That's going to be an interesting one, too. I mean, it's not rocket science. You know, Jose's going to not try to win the game. He's going to try not Mm -hmm. to lose. And if he wins, it's icing on the cake without Harry Kane. That's how he's looking at it. I'm so So pumped to see it. I'm so pumped to watch uh, a nil-nil with maybe the odd goal. (laughs) The flexion. I I think we'll win it 1-0. Yeah. And it's going to be a really, really ugly goal. It's just going to be an ugly game in general. I think that's what Jose is going to try and do. And he does that so well. I'm going to go one nil. Yeah, I say one nil. No, that that was actually that was actually the question from Ron. Uh, he asked, "How much are we beating Spurs by?" So your answer is, uh, "We beat them by one, huh?" Yeah, we beat them by one. We'll show him a little bit of mercy. I'm going to say by two. There's cracks in this defense right now. The oh, Liverpool match was... That one guy. What's his name? They just Ro- picked him up. Rodin. Rodin? Yeah. Rodin? Yeah. I think it, the, the cracks are on Aurier and Ben Davies if they're going to keep dropping a back three. Hey, and that's you're, not where... even ta- you're not even talking about the best Ben Davies. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even know there was Preston two Ben Davies. The whole world thought Liverpool team. signed... Tottenham's Ben Davies today until they actually clicked on the clicked on the link and then he realized it's some <laughs> other Ben Davies. I, I didn't find out it was a different Ben Davies until like an hour and a half later. I was like, what? It's like, why would they sign Ben Davies? That's that, that, I was like, wow. That, I guess that's the end of uh, Andy Robertson's career, huh? <laughs> ben Davies <laughs> gonna take his spot. But uh, I don't know, man. What, what do you guys think? I mean, Andres says says two. We're gonna yeah, I say two. two. I think we can win. Two nothing oh. or three one. 
I'm just, I just, I'm such a cynic, man. I'm so nervous now, but I've, I'm, when we play against Tottenham and especially against Mourinho, I just never feel good about it. But this, the, 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 F, the EFL Cup matchup left a, left a really bad taste in my mouth. So let's go 3 0. Let's do it. Kai Havertz with a double. <laughs> Team over here with an ugly goal. Oh, I like it. Yeah, Pick him yeah. up on your fantasy team if you're listening. Bye, bye, bye. And uh, Tony Rudiger with a header off a, off a oh, set piece. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. The third goal is a wild card. You can decide what it's going to be. Uh, I'm going to throw a crazy one out there. I think there will be a corner kick. Direct. A direct corner <laughs> into the goal. Olympic Mason goal. Mount. No, Mason no, or no, Ziyech. no. No, I mean like just a corner kick. Someone's gonna win a corner kick. Oh, wow. uh, I don't I'm know. Pretty man. positive. I don't know. Some, I, how many corners do you see a game? It's a, whatever. Has there ever so. been? Has there ever been a professional football match like a full ninety minutes without a corner? I'm sure there has been. That'd oh, be wild to watch. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah, so that's my official prediction: three 0 and I'm just completely pulling that out of my bum and in case you guys <laughs> couldn't tell i mean i mean we all fucking hate tottenham like yes with a with a burning True. passion everybody knows my story of, of of when i waited my whole fucking life to go watch chelsea <laughs> play live and 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 i watched us lose against spurs the only game i ever watched in person I'd but stand for bridge but i have an interesting stat for you some to follow that one up with Okay. Since Let's that game, since that game, or actually, I don't know if it's since that game, but we're undefeated in the last seven against Tottenham in all competitions. So I, it might be that was what undefeated. What so you don't count a loss in a penalty by penalties? Well, as a penalty defeat? shootouts technically don't go down. I count. Yeah, I'm looking at the ninety minutes. Uh, I look at the ninety. Well, uh, okay, look at the ninety plus one twenty well, at least. I look at I, the... I also I also wanted to point out that Tuchel is very well aware what this means because somebody asked him. He's like, "Well, the media is not even letting me forget that this is a big deal. So of course we want to go out for the win." Yeah, it's gonna. Oh, be, I, I don't be just from... I be disappointed if we don't win this game, and I think that I will be Tottenham is there for the taking. And I'm just I, remembering I, that quote, the Tuchel quote about how he said he used to when he was growing up. He used he to also pretend like. That. Wait, did he? What did he say? Yeah, he said that, you know, back then he wanted to, like, be a little bit different. And so Tottenham wasn't well known, which is why he, like, would just choose them. Like, That's there's no real if he said If he said, I wanted to more... support a shit club, and then he said, so that's why I picked Tottenham, I would just, I would, I, I was going to say I would buy his jersey right now. But I would wear that little sweater he, he wears that has the TT uh, engraved in it. I'll, I'll buy one of those <laughs> if he said that, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, it, for me, no matter how good Tottenham are, and no matter where we are in the table, I'll always be pissed if we don't win. It's just one of those games: Tottenham, Arsenal, United, Liverpool, City. Not so much because I have expectations. Like I know we're more likely than not going to probably drop points against City recently but against those other clubs whenever we don't win it just pisses me off i don't care where we're at in the table or any of like i don't take anything like I, I don't look at context i just don't like losing to those guys but anyways 
that's enough of me uh, ranting about my hate of all these clubs. Um, until next week, guys. I mean, or not next week, until Thursday, actually, we play Spurs. Um, so if you're not following us on Twitter, uh, make sure you're already doing so, at Roman's Empire Pod. We're also uh, on Instagram as well. It's the same exact handle as our Twitter. One more time for you, at Roman's Empire Pod. We're also uh, available via email. We've uh, we've been able to get in touch with a few people. Um and uh, we like learning about our fans. So if you want to email us or just chit-chat, uh, feel free to do that, romansempirepod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys. And until next week, keep the blue flag flying high.